Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this time, Lord, and we thank you for this opportunity to just go through your word and fellowship together. Lord, as we continue on in the Sermon on the Mount, I just pray over the study, I pray over the conversation, and I pray that uh, anybody on the other side listening to this, it just fills them in the same way that it, it fills us. And I just thank you and I praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the In Faith Podcast, where we get to um, just be blessed to go through Bible studies, fellowship together, and just talk about God's Word. And as we continue on in this conversation on the Sermon on the Mount, um, I don't think we anticipated it going this long, but there's so much, not just material to cover, but I think God's just blessed the the conversation to make it a multi episode um kind of kind of thing but where we left off at um we finished up chapter five and now we're in chapter six at the very beginning and one thing we can we can see in chapter six in the first half of that chapter is that jesus is is kind of teaching them how to give when with sincerity right um in the in the first half of of chapter six, Jesus deals with three specific areas uh, of uh, practical righteousness in an individual's life: charitable deeds being one of them, prayer being the second, and fasting being the third. Now we can see in the name Father is found 10 times in these 18 verses of chapter 6, and, and it, it, it's the key to understanding them. Practical deeds of, of righteousness should be done for his approval and not people's, right? How many times do we get stuck, and I know I have, multiple times, and, and very often have I gotten stuck in... Um, doing charitable deeds to be able to tell somebody what I did or for somebody else to see it? Or would you have done the same thing had nobody been watching? Right. And, and I know Tiffany, you're, you're one that really enjoys doing things in the background, right? You're one that really enjoys that, that aspect of, doing something and and having nobody notice and not even wanting anyone to notice. And I guess I'm not, I'm not trying to, you know, pat you on the back or um, glorify your preference, but I think it's really inspiring how um, that, that didn't seem to have to be taught for you. It's just something you really enjoy doing. I think God put on your heart early on in your walk that, what you do is preferred to be in the background and not even mention that, that you did it. Yeah. I think that's most of it. A lot of the time I'm just not someone that's very outgoing and outspoken. So, um, 
it's hard for me to like go out and talk to a lot of people and pray and those those are my kind of challenging times is to stand there and talk to people and pray for people and things like that so if i can do things with them do things for them and you know i like to do a lot of the background stuff so yeah well and i think uh, a lot of people can say it's shyness and, and we could probably perceive it as well as as just being shy you know in, in a crowd full of people but i think in a way that that's still something god instilled into your heart you know is is not necessarily being shy but to kind of automatically have that background effect and it's something i wish i learned earlier on that it's okay to to do things in the background it's okay for people not to notice what you're doing and as we continue on and and get into god's word we read that we're not supposed to let people know what we're doing you know we're doing it for god's glory Charitable deeds is, is what we're reading into right now, and, and we're doing it for God's glory, not man's glory, not for our own pat on the back, not for somebody else's approval, right, but for God's approval. Amen. And maybe just kind of turning that around, instead of us being concerned about is anybody noticing, if we're doing it with the right heart, Right. It may just not be that noticeable. I mean, we're not concerned about who's around. We just see the need and we help. So it's, I guess, I always want to, for my purposes, if I'm concerned about the don'ts, I'm concerned Mm. about that, then the do's (laughs) may, may not be there. To, to, to turn that around, I want to make sure I'm serving because I care about the people I'm serving oh, yeah. and that I care about their needs. Yeah, 100%. And I believe keeping them as the focus takes care of the rest of this. Oh, yeah, for sure. So that then we know we're doing it with the right motive. If somebody notices, they just happen to notice. Mm-hmm. If you don't get noticed, you you don't care anyway because you're just serving the people that you're trying to help. Right. So yeah, always when I'm looking at the Bible, just like we want to focus on Jesus instead of focusing on other people and what they think or how they're perceiving anything, uh, we give out God's word, straight his word, rather than doing anything to so-called sell it. Mm-hmm. other people um so yeah as we start off in chapter six here um oh jesus it starts off as a warning mm-hmm. essentially where he's saying beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them for then you will have no reward from your father who is in heaven so that if you're doing it to be noticed yeah that notice is all you get. Well, especially nowadays on social media, right? A lot of people want to do things for the clout. Yep. They want to be seen by everyone and, you know, look what I'm doing. Yeah, pat me on the back. And a lot of it is just, you know, 
what we should be doing is just focusing on, you know, doing everything that we can to help everyone, like you said, Steve, and not worrying about, you know, getting followers. Yeah, getting followers or getting funding. Yeah, that too. As well, social media can drive trying to get funding also. Um, I, mean, I mean, don't get me wrong. It's a great, you sure. know, platform to yeah. get what you're doing out there right so people know that they can come in and help as well volunteer or those kind of things and the need also yes need. yeah people that need help can come when whoever is helping for sure but yeah totally agree with you there's i guess there's always a way to manipulate things yeah and that's the other piece too like you said there's nothing wrong and there's good, there's good for putting it on social media so that people can understand the need and see what's happening. And if you're just simply doing it for that intent, then that's good because God's the one who brings the funding. Correct. If, uh, he'll give you what you need to help others. Because it's God that's providing for, for everyone. You know, if he happens to bless us, with the ability and with the uh, goods to help others, that's still God helping them. It's not us helping mm -hmm. them. It's God helping them. We were just blessed to be sent out. Well, I know like sometimes, you know, it's hard. We go through, you know, everybody goes through hard times. And I mean, I've utilized our church food pantry and they do it weekly. And... I've utilized it quite often, um, but in the same sense, you know, they're blessing me. I'm also going and volunteering. You know, I'm volunteering my time. I'm helping with whatever I can, and you know, I'm not doing it because they're giving me food. Like, not at the expectation that I'm getting something in return, but because they blessed me so much, and I know they're blessing so many other people. I want to give back too. Right. And it's something you can do. I mean, the food comes from, you know, grocery stores and other sources that were unable to sell it. Um, and they see a need and they understand and they want to help. And they give that food to organizations that can pass it out. Mm -hmm. um, and, of course, your church, my church, any church with the food bank, there's no strings attached. All right. we want to do is provide food that everybody – and, again – it's not the church providing it. God is providing right. it further on in this uh, Sermon on the Mount. God even specifically, or Jesus here specifically warns us. <laughs> it says, don't worry about it. Absolutely. Don't worry about what you're going to eat. Your Father will provide. He and always he does. does. And we see those different yes. ways that he does. Amen. So, and I, I think it's interesting too, oftentimes we would like God to provide by, you know, money raining down or showing up or however, you know, we think of wanting to have control, but he doesn't usually do it that way. God usually do, does it by showing you, hey, there's a food bank right here. Mm -hmm. Go right on in. The food you need is there. Amen. And I think that's how a lot of people miss out on the blessing of things is, when we talked about this before, how we put what we think we want in, or we put God in a box. And we say, as we're praying, this is what a blessing would look like to me. And then we put God into that box of what we can understand. Mm 
So yeah, I mean, he, he we of course we we pray for the means, and sometimes he gives us the means in a different way. Mm-hmm. So, you know, of course, like you said, we would love for God to bless us with all this money, and then we go buy the food. But then sometimes he says, "Well, here's here's a food pantry, right? You know, here's the food." And then we miss out on that blessing because we're like, no, we prayed for money <laughs> to buy the food. And, and here comes God saying, here's free food. And that's us putting God in, in that box. And then that's also us relying on our own understanding, thinking what a blessing would look like to us. Mm-hmm. And not the blessing that God's providing that's giving us exactly what we need. And it's almost like it almost kind of reminds me of one of those things. You got to be careful what you wish for or um, that kind of that saying, be careful what you wish for. Well, be careful what you seek too, because Mm -hmm. if you're seeking the pat on the back for what you're doing, that's what you're going to get. You're going to get the simple pat on your back and then it's gone. Do we want the pat on the back now or do we want the eternity in heaven? Do we want to please our, 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 fellow man or do we want to please god because if we're doing it to please somebody else that simple two second pat on the back that's all you're gonna get and then it's over it's funny as i look at this next part where we read it and we think oh that's crazy who would even do that because it says thus when you give to the needy sound no trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets that they may be praised by others truly i say to you they have received their reward but when you give to the needy do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that your giving may be in secret and your father who sees in secret will reward you. That first bit about don't sound a trumpet. You think, how ostentatious is that? That would <laughs> never happen. Yet, I've been in churches where they're asking you to fill out a pledge card. And if you fill one out, you literally walked across the stage and placed it in a box or something so that everybody that filled out a pledge was seen <laughs> how how different than than a trumpet is that i mean to me that's the same thing as a trumpet and uh you know i'm not obviously the people may not most people are not giving so they can walk across the stage but it's odd that a church would set it up that way you know that that we can forget these bits of scriptures and these principles when we're setting things up to i'm sure the church thought well you know it's not wrong to recognize people that are willing to you know give to the church and stuff but you know from the flip side it's it's exactly the same thing so i i think that just came to mind me reading this and of course we have the uh we have the famous phrase of not letting your left hand know what your right hand is doing uh, when you give, which just seems like using hyperbolic language uh, to put it so far away mm-hmm. from it being some sort of conscious, what am I going to get out of this? Well, that's why I think it's important to note it's not the deed 
that God condemns. It's the motive. Yeah. You know, if 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 public notice is the motivating factor, then then that's the only reward because God doesn't reward hypocrisy. True. So it's I think it's important to note that, you know, it's it's not going out and doing the good deed it's the motive and we've talked about that before as well we talk about that quite often that it's it's more of anybody can do a good deed but how many of us are doing it wholeheartedly wholeheartedly and for god because we were called to it and that's another thing when you were talking about um utilizing resources at the local church and then wanting to give back because it's blessed you so much, that's, that's God instilled. That, that's God's calling to go help, go serve, because it served you as well. You know, he used that to serve us and then gave us the ability to go back and serve others. And like you were saying, it's not necessarily because of what they were able to do for you but the reason behind it, it was for God, you know, to be able to give back and be able to go serve and have God utilize that time and provide it. It's amazing. Yeah. And I always thought on the other side, it seems so odd, such as you're giving. You wouldn't think that in conversations with others, the opportunity to tell about your giving would pop up so much (laughs) and yet it seems to and that you could just so easily fall in to talking about what you've given or it's happened to me Mm -hmm. you know that you're just in a conversation and you almost just automatically want to blurt out of your mouth oh well i bought this or did that or whatever it's just it's odd that temptation that's there that just pops out when you're not even thinking or wanting it to. I mean, it's the opposite. I can't explain that. Yeah. But it's an odd thing that I've been right there where it's on the tip of my tongue that I want to tell how much I gave or what I bought or what I did just because, I don't know. I don't the know. same works when you're fasting. Oh, yeah, for yeah, sure. You're not supposed you to let tell anybody people, know. Oh, well, you know. They offer you food and you're like, I can't. I'm fasting. Without telling them you're fasting. <laughs> you know, I learned that the hard way. I, I learned that the hard way. I, I wasn't, at the time, when I had just learned about fasting and what that does for your relationship between you and God, the first time I tried it, um, I was actually in prayer on kind of a life-changing decision and not maybe not a life-changing decision, but it was a decision that was going to, yeah, it was going to have a bigger impact on the the day-to-day operations. And and, uh, we went out to this event at at, at a church and it was a big barbecue. It smelled amazing. And uh, somebody did come up to me and they were like, oh yeah, David, did you eat? These hot dogs are amazing. And I was like, oh, no, 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 I'm fasting. And then that's when I learned, because it was pretty early on. And I'll admit, I I still to this day, you know, five, six years into my walk, have not read every single scripture of the Bible. 
right? I'll admit that. Um, but even at that time, I was still fairly new and I hadn't quite gotten to that part of don't tell people you're fasting. So I got bagged on. I got bagged on quite a bit and everybody started kind of taking little jokingly shots at me, right? As oh, I'm, I'm praying for a blessing. And, and then them, I, I didn't understand it. So I was like, what, what, what is the, why am I getting ragged on here? And they're like, you're not supposed to promote that you're fasting. Well, so there's <laughs> different things. There is uh, community fasting that, that's called for even in the Old Testament. Some of the, the holy holidays for the Jews still, and these were, these were holy days, I should say, that God created call for fasting. So, I, I know what they were saying, but there are times when it's known that you're fasting. So, for you just to have done that is not like, oh, you're bad. I mean, what, were you supposed to make up a lie or something? I mean, is that better? But that, that's what I don't understand either is like, oh, what am I supposed to say then? Right. And then the, there were kind of some suggestions and, and ways of, but I you think know, being they're, going, little... they're going overboard, quite frankly. Yeah. Um, that, and we all can do that also. We fall into Phariseeism, so to say, about trying to follow Jesus' rules. Well, Jesus said, don't tell anyone you're fasting, so you have to find a way to you know, not eat, don't go in public where food is or what. You know, I mean, yeah. it's just we can go overboard on these things also where the intent was you wanted – to not, you wanted to have this connection with God. And so you were fasting and praying and looking for that to help your connection. And, and I don't know, the only way that's over ever, I feel like the way that's helped for me is every time I would get hungry, I would pray instead of eat. Right. Well, <laughs> and I, that seemed to work. I, I definitely think it was, you know, kind of in a joking manner. Yeah. You know, it, it, it was definitely a, a, a kind of a funny learning experience, but uh, it, it was something I didn't know that you just couldn't come out and say it. But also the group I was with that was kind of bagging on me for it, they they knew why I was in such heavy prayer. So I think it was just an opportunity to, to have some fun. But to the, 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 the key of it is that that's how I learned. I learned the hard way, not... You know, being in in the scripture saying, don't tell anyone you're fasting or don't make it known. And and the more I read into it, I don't think he's specifically saying, don't tell anyone at all. You're right. What he's saying is, you know, don't make it obvious. Right. Don't promote it. Don't walk into a a group of your friends and say, oh, man, I'm so hungry. That looks so good, but I can't have it. I'm fasting for that motive of attention. And even when we continue on in those scriptures, he tells us also to, to pray with that same sincerity. You know, he he wants his disciples to know that when they pray, they shouldn't purposely, you know, position themselves in a public area so that others can see them praying and then be impressed by them praying. You know, and going through that scripture, I almost kind of got stuck on it. Because I think, how often do we all pray together? And how often do we 
cross other people, and there is a lot of people around, and we start praying. But then again, the confirmation that comes from God is it follows back to what is the motive? What's the motive? Are you praying in front of all these people purposely? Or are you praying over this person or even over yourself or just praying to communicate with God and there just so happens to be other people around? We, you know, you, you, we didn't, are you going into the middle of the crowd to do it so they can see you? Or are you just so happen to be in the middle of the crowd and that's still an intimate thing between you and God? And I find that hard. So even if it's a group and it's only that group that's there, but you're praying for the group, yeah. I'm afraid there are times that I'm concerned about what would the group want to hear through a prayer. Rather than just trying to get from God what we need through that prayer. I've gotten caught up in that before. Yeah. I have. It's like, Me too. Am, am I praying enough? Am I saying the right things? Yeah. Am I, um, right. H- how long is this supposed to be? And then I learned it, it just needs to be between you and God. Even right. if you're in the middle of a Bible study, right? And you're praying into that study. You've got eight people in the study, including yourself. You're all in a circle. There's other people there. That That's between still between you and God. And then you get the blessing of having other people around to experience that connection between them and God. Yeah. Not to watch the connection between you and God, but still. Right. Yeah, I find that. A hard thing because you don't want it to be a performance right and sometimes it feels that way and sometimes that's where my mindset is because you think of somebody else that everybody goes oh you know he or she prays really good oh the the, the <laughs> oh such a prayer warrior <laughs> yeah yeah that i try to fake you know sounding like that and amen they're out there amen. yeah amen i'm not i don't know how to find the words sometimes ex- i lose my train of thought so and much I when like, i pray it, it, I don't know. Loud. I get stage fright in front of people. Right, and when I'm when I'm praying and it's just me and God, I don't feel so bad about losing my train of thought mm-hmm. because I learned that He knows what I'm saying before I say it. Sometimes, the 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 prayer that God hears loudest is the one that comes out like gibberish between us and Him, sure. you know, and He knows what we need. He knows what we're asking for. Right, and. I don't, but in public, I do, man. I I get tripped up and then I feel the need to have to explain or try and even go as far as doing something else to prove that um, I I still have faith, the same faith I claim to have because I messed up my prayer. (laughs) You know, Mm. it's almost like it's still caring about what other people think. And that's where I think I can relate to what you're saying and what God's or what Jesus is talking about here, because now where's our focus? Our focus isn't on that praying with sincerity. It's, Oh, what what is everyone else thinking of my prayer? Now the motive has changed. No, I, I have even had before where, I was asked to pray for the group. You pray, and afterwards, somebody's like, "Oh, I liked whatever little piece, you know." And 
then you're trying to slip that little piece in every time <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah and, and that's just that's exactly what he's telling us not to do exactly you know he's telling us when we pray pray with sincerity pray yeah. sincerely doesn't need to be a long prayer it doesn't need to sound amazing to others it just has to be between you and god well, i think like for me i'm my biggest critic because it's easy to pray for yourself when you know what you're going through or you know your needs wants what have you but it's so hard for me it's just challenging and i gotta learn how to get over it but just to pray for people and not know what they're going through. Well, and maybe we need to know what they're going through before we start praying. You know, maybe the talking to them first is just as important as Well, I know, like, it's a, a trend right now. I don't want to, I kind of say that lightly, but a lot of people are just like, unspoken prayers, please. God knows what we're going through. And they don't really want to, because it's pretty private, sure. what's going on. And so it's like, okay, we're praying for you. We don't know what we're praying for, but we're praying for you. Yeah. No, I think a lot of that's, and, and some people don't, they don't want to be present. They don't want you praying for them, or they don't want to be present when you're praying for right. them. And I don't, none of that is an issue, I don't think. I mean, Obviously, we can pray for anyone we see, anytime, anyone that God brings to mind that we want to pray for. But sometimes I think we don't start simple enough. Like, like you were saying, I'm not sure what I want to pray for. Well, that's probably the first bit of our prayer. God, help us with what we're doing. Help make sure that what we're going out to do is glorifying you is honoring you, is helping your children that are in need. Help us with that. Yeah. Bring and shine your light. That may be all that we need to pray that day if we're in confusion or don't mm -hmm. quite know uh, what's going on. That God will clear up that confusion for us. So just being honest enough to step back and start where we actually are. Yeah. You know, God, I'm still pissed off from work. Fix that. You know, help me <laughs> yeah. before I get out there in front of people. Because mm -hmm. I don't want to go out there as your servant still pissed off. Right. Mm. Well, and I think, I've, I, you see, I've been in that situation where somebody's asking for prayer, but they don't necessarily want to tell you what they need prayer for. And... I think I think my best advice that that I took was to put that into God's hands. You know, we may not know what people are going through and it, yeah, sometimes it would be nice to know. But it during that prayer we may not know. But that should, I don't think it should stop us from praying. And in turn, I kind of do just that. You know, I try to. Mm -hmm. It is more of what I'm trying to say. I, I try to stay away from the, you know, I, I, I do this or I do that. But 
you put it back in God's hands. God, I don't know what they're going through, but Lord, you do. So whatever it may be, I, I just pray that you take control of it, you know, something along those lines. Right. Because I'm not one. I, I sit on the fence of that, and I'm going to be completely honest and transparent with this one. I sit on the fence of it because I, it, and this may be like a worldly feeling, but if you you come up to somebody and you say, "Oh, I'm going through such a hard time. I need prayer," but then you're like, and, and then they ask, "Oh, okay. Well, what can we pray for you? What can we pray over you?" And then, "Oh, I don't want to talk about it." That may be true. Okay, that may be something really personal that that person's going through. However, and this might just be my own experience, I've experienced enough people that do that for the attention and then say, I don't want to talk about it. You know, I, oh man, I, I'm not going to get into too much detail, but uh, we, when we're talking about social media, Right, that we had this uh, friend way back in the day on social media, and uh, it would drive me nuts so much so that I, it, she would never hear the end of it. Right, she would never hear the end of it. This person would post all about their problems and then kind of leave it on a cliffhanger, and then you just see all the comments piling up. Oh, what what's what's wrong? What's wrong? What's wrong? I don't want to talk about it. So, so why did you just blast it all over for the, the world to see and then say, you don't want to talk about it? But you, you know what I mean? It was, it was right. kind of for that, uh, what did you call it, clout? Is that what the kids are saying these days? But anyway, I kind of associate that, and maybe I shouldn't, but I associate that same mentality with somebody who comes up and they're like, oh man, uh, life's so hard right now, I'm going through so much, uh, right. pray for me, but... I'm not going to tell you what I'm going through. I had to learn that's okay. I had to learn that no matter how much I know about what this person's go through, you're going through, I can't fix their problems. Me knowing more or less isn't going to make a difference on the mm. outcome of what they're going through, but God is. God's yeah. going to make the difference. So I, I kind of learned just to put it right back in his hands. Yeah. I sometimes see it on the opposite side of wanting people to know that you're praying for them. Because you, I see two sides on that. It could bring them comfort, which is, you know, a good reason if that's all that. But if you just want it to sound good, that's your praying for so oh, i'm praying for you brother um you know that again is just on on the wrong side so it's i've had that battle on both sides will it bring this you know someone that you are going to pray for you know something's going on you are going to pray for regardless and then in my head i'm like would it bring comfort to this person to know that i'm not always sure it would and if it wouldn't then i ought to keep my mouth shut because that's the only reason I would say anything if it would actually bring comfort to them. I guess it depends on the aspect too of what you're talking about because what it reminds me of too of when you're saying that whole, oh, yeah, I'm praying for you. I think 
we as Christians, we have to get out of that habit of telling somebody, oh, yeah, we've been praying for you, or, or, or um, I'll pray for you. Mm-hmm. I feel that if we know they're in need of prayer right there, instead of saying, well, I'll pray for you and walk away, we should be praying with them right there and there. But how do you know? Because sometimes they don't want prayer. <laughs> I've crossed that too, where I'm like, oh man, I could tell you that I'm going to pray for you. And then I'll pray for you at home or in a different setting. But I feel like God put this on your heart to come to me now. We should pray right now. And they're like, no, no, no it's okay. And then you're like, oh man, should, should I have, should this been one of those times that I should have just said, I will pray for you. And then goes back to when you said, sometimes people don't want to be present when you're praying for them. But I think you're right. That big question is, will it bring them comfort to know that we're actually praying for them and not just saying we are? But then back to scripture where it says, I guess in a way, we we could perceive it to be kind of the same way and don't pray in, in, in front of others or whatever. But it, go, it all goes back to the intent, I think, is what it goes back to. The intent, not, not the circumstance. Just, maybe not just intent, but also leading of the Holy Spirit. If we are actually in prayer and actually in tune, for lack of a better word, with the with the spirit then we can then we can know and then we can be led just by that and have peace about it and not have any of this maybe i should have whatever just have that connection be in prayer as we're wondering about prayer you know so that then you are led by the spirit and and guided that way i think that's going to be the key yep that's the key to the, all the what ifs or should I's or the questions or, you know, how do we know when the time is right or how do we know if so-and-so wants? Just be in prayer yourself. Yeah. Be in prayer yourself and be led. Right. Be led. And I think if we were to capture what Jesus is saying here is be led. Right. Be led by God. Be right. led by the Holy Spirit. Don't be led by your own ambition or or, other people want right or what somebody else is going to think right what you want them to think yeah none of it just be led right be led and be sincere and it all goes back to what's the intention and that's how we're going to know how sincere we're praying how sincere we're serving and how sincere we're being being led by God or led by self, led by our own ambition. And I'm guilty of, of, of being led by my own ambition. I'm guilty of, of uh, wanting people to see, I guess not in a look at me kind of way, but I'm guilty of wanting others to see my transition, not realizing that it's going to show for itself. Mm-hmm. I, but I was quick to show people that what what God's done in my heart 
not realizing that it, it, it showed all on its own. I didn't have to display it. I didn't have to go show and tell for lack of better words. It, it, people could see it through the light that God instilled. Right. Yeah. So then Jesus doesn't leave us hanging on prayer. He goes on to give us example of prayer after that. So, I mean, he, he starts off here in verse five and says, when you pray, you must not pray like the hypocrites again, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners that they may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they've received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your father who is in secret and your father who sees in secret will reward you. And I feel like that's, regardless of what we do in public or with other people or anything, this prayer time in a prayer closet or somewhere by yourself, that's the powerful time. Mm -hmm. That's the time that we desperately need sitting at Jesus' feet. And it's not all about us con saying to something, throwing out needs, asking questions. I think it's way more about being able to sit, often for me anyway, with Scripture open to hear what God wants us to hear, for Him to talk to us, because it's a two-way connection. Mm -hmm. And most of us don't ever hear any uh, audible anything from God, but we get an impression, and we get it when we're in His Word, when we're in prayer and when we're in that right space. <laughs> so I think I think that's a big important piece. And he's and he's he goes on telling us even more, you know, and when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, for your father knows what you need before you ask him. So I mean Right there, it's not all about us continuing to say something, say something, say something. Um, although I guess, I know I, I go back and forth on all of these, that the prayer we're just about to read, I have to jump back to that on a regular basis just to keep in the mind frame of praying and listening to God and not be worried about work or whatever else will creep into my head as I'm trying to. So. Well, and I think it's important, right, for those people, just to kind of tie both of them in, for the people that come and ask you for prayer, because they know you're a prayer warrior, they know you're someone of, um, who believes in Christ, and they may or may not believe or they're new believers, what have you. It's important for us to kind of not only display to them that I'm trying to say this as gently as I can. Have you prayed for yourself? Mm -hmm. Like, I think it's important that people need to know, like I'll pray for you, but you need to pray for yourself too. Right. That's like the saying, you know, I can, I, I can pray for you, but I can't pray for you. Mm -hmm. We can pray for you, but we can't pray in place right. of you. 
I can pray about your needs, but your personal connection with God is what's needed along with your very personal salvation from when God called you. He's calling each one of us personally and individually because he wants a relationship with each one of us personally and individually. And relationships include some sort of communication just between the two of you. So Nicely put, Steve. So when you're talking about the prayer that we're about to read, are you talking about the Lord's Prayer in, I am. in uh, verse 6? Yes. What I find interesting is the more I've read into it, it, it Jesus didn't actually say this prayer himself. Hold on. I'll cut this out if I need to. Okay. But let me, it, it says, okay. I don't know. Hold on. It's all in red. It's in red. Yes, sure is. Okay. But it says the Lord's Prayer in using this title. However, we should remember that Jesus never prayed it himself. It was given to his disciples as a model after which they could pattern their prayers. It was not given as an exact words they were to use. Well, there's opinion in there because it doesn't state that differently. Yes, Jesus isn't saying, isn't, we're not, so to say, this wasn't Matthew overhearing Jesus in prayer and writing the words down. Right. You're right. Jesus did not give this when he was in the middle of prayer to his father. He gave this, but he said ahead of time, pray then like this. Now, he didn't say repeat these words exactly, of course, like he, like you just said, but he did tell them, you know, pray then like this. I don't think there's anything wrong with praying that prayer. I agree it's better to add to and make it personal. Um, I've seen examples of where you use the Lord's Prayer to launch yourself in prayer, and then maybe that's even helping you stay in prayer in the way that God finds important and that God knows is important for us. Like the first pit, first part of this, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. The first thing we have to remember is God is holy. God is holy and separate, but he also loves us. You know, so he's not a mean, angry, separate, doesn't want to deal with us. He's holy and he loves us and we have to think of it that way. It can't just be like us talking to each other. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and you can expand on that in your own words. So that helps you get into your own prayer where you say, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. God, I know you're the God of the universe, and I thank you that you care about me. One little person, and you've known me since the beginning of time. You made me individually, and you love me. And thank you, God, that you do help me love you and other people the way you love me. And Lord, your kingdom come, and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Because, Lord, I know that your kingdom is at hand right now. 
right now your kingdom is expanding on this earth help me do the work that you want me to do so this kingdom will expand and i'm looking forward to that final kingdom when all the work is done and we all get to live in that new jerusalem with you face to face and lord we ask that you give us this day our daily bread because everything comes from you every bit of anything we have is yours and you've given it to us and we thank you for that lord thank you that you give the daily bread and you give it we don't have to worry about it coming you give it to us lord and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors and lord this is a hard one because i got a lot of debts out there and i know you've already forgiven them and you've paid for them but you know what's even harder is for me to forgive those that have done me wrong, those that I at least perceive have done me wrong, to let me be able to pray for them, Lord. Let my heart be soft for those that have been hard towards me in the past, that I may pray for them, that I may actually truly love them with your love, Lord, because that's not something that I can do on my own. It takes your love and lead us not into temptation lord we know you don't lead us into temptation in any way but we're headed as fast as we can very often or i sure am for temptation lord and i want you to be my gate i want my love for you to help stop me because i know that's how you want it. You could stop me every time, but you don't because you want my heart to be in the right way. And Lord, when I do trip up and fall and when everything's coming against me, I do need your help and I do want you to deliver me from this evil, from this world of sin and death and problems and ick and muck that we have to walk through. I want you to guide me and I want me to be listening to you as I go through it. So that's sort of a adding to that I try to do. Right. Kind of use it as a he kind of gave it to us as like a template. Yeah. Yeah. I you like know, it. The, the next pieces hit me hard. What does Jesus then emphasize after that prayer? He says for if you forgive others their trespass your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. See, that is one that, that I think hits us all hard. Yeah. Because I know it does me as well. It's We are quick to ask forgiveness, but we are not quick to forgive. And I guess I'm just speaking of myself personally. I, I am. I'm quick to mm -hmm. ask forgiveness. But then when the shoe's on the other foot, I'm looking to see how long I can hold on to this. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And it's like, uh, to that same person that forgave you so quickly. Yeah. I to the same way God forgave you so quickly. And of course, you remember the parable of the servant that the king, the servant that owed 
basically millions of dollars that there's no way he could ever actually earn and repay. And the king forgave him. And that same servant went out and found someone that owed him 20 bucks, and he starts choking him and has him thrown in jail for not paying him back the 20 bucks. Yeah, even less. And in that parable, that was it. The king calls back the one that owed the money and says, I'm locking you up until you pay every last penny. And I, part of why this hits me so hard is we talk about forgiveness being a hard thing, a hard thing to truly forgive someone and care enough about them. And yet it seems like that is the key piece of is your heart really changed? Have you really accepted God's love so that it's flowing through you. It's almost like a litmus test. If you're able to forgive the way God wants you to, then his love is flowing through you. But if you're not, you may not really be there. I think that's something that's a constant work. Yeah. Because it, circumstances change. Things happen differently. What we were able to forgive, even let's 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 say it like this. Let's say we crossed the situation we were able to forgive quite easily as we were forgiven. But then we cross another situation that it's it's a hard pill to swallow. So what do we do in in turn? We try to buy time. I feel. What we do in turn is say, I, I just need time. I need time. And then we go to turn it around and say, well, what's that famous saying? Time heals all wounds. True. It does. But. You think? I'm not sure it's true. I, um, it might fester. True. Where I'm, where I'm going with this is the more time goes on, yeah, the less, I guess, it, 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 something will dwell at the surface at the surface yes but where i'm going with that is we use the time heals all wounds as an excuse mm -hmm. okay instead of handling that right then and there and being able to forgive right away the way god forgave us yeah we tend to buy that time with needing saying we need time i don't know about you but i don't know anybody myself included that can forgive on the drop of a hat i can't and I, I i just got done kind of saying that it's it's hard you know i'm i'm quick to ask for easy forgiveness I'm, I'm quick to ask for it but then i'm also not quick to give it it's a very hard thing to do yeah especially when when we feel offended but at the same time what what's what's who who's hurting when we're offended you know we're allowing ourselves to hurt more i think because we're allowing that to take our peace well, but i think that's why god stresses right. forgiveness well and we're so self-focused at that point because the peace of forgiving others is often getting in their shoes and saying well why why did they do this to me 
you know, why do they suspect me or something? Or why are they always, uh, you know, doubting, not trusting, whatever it is that, mm -hmm. that you go through. And often, if you can turn it around, there's reasons. You know, there's reasons why. And that helps you thinking about the idea that they have reasons for doing whatever it is that hurt you. Because whenever I do things that hurt other people, trust me, I think I have reasons uh, for doing these things. And maybe I do. Maybe they are good reasons. Sometimes some of the stuff I'm hurt about, and I turn it around and I think about it, and I'm like, oh, well, I might have done the same thing in their shoes. Um, so, I mean, it's not looking into self, I feel like, can be the start of forgiving others. If I quit looking at myself and my hurt and how could they and start looking at them and literally in trying to think what would cause that reaction that I just got is sort of the start of getting there. Getting off me is a, is the start of forgiveness. Out of ourselves is a start of almost all of our thinking that needs to happen just like we have talked before that the christian life is dying to self daily so that we can live for christ and we can love others so i have a question let's put ourselves in the positions of the disciples when he's telling and teaching them these things in this sermon. What would you, what would be running through your mind if you were there listening to this sermon, listening to what he's saying? What would be? For the first time, being one of the first people. And I think that's, that's probably a hard place to get to for us because most of us grew up hearing bits of this, um, even if we didn't go to church, the uh, quotations from the Bible are such a part of our society that we can't sort of think about this other than we've always heard it. I know that may not make a lot of sense, but it's hard to get to a place to think about how would it be for the first people to ever hear Jesus, to ever hear this good news that that we've, whether we've heard it directly our whole lives, we've heard reference to it, we've grown up in a, in a country where there's plenty of Christianity around for it to, to rub off on us. So, I, so it's a, a bit strange hearing this so this whole sermon on the mount jesus first big public teaching to think about if you were a jew in that day how would you hear what jesus is first telling you you know because i read things just going back to the start of this sermon you read the beatitudes and they sound so beautiful right we want to put them on postcards and we want to put them on the wall 
and blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven, and blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Just, I mean, just those first two. I don't want to be poor. I mean, why is it blessed to be poor? I don't, I've been struggling my whole life not to be poor, you know, and those who mourn, I don't want to have to mourn. Did somebody die? Sure, I want to be comforted, but I'd rather not have to mourn to begin with. So I don't want to be meek. They get trampled on. I want to be strong. I want to be powerful. So he's he's telling me the opposite of what I would actually want. He's telling me I would be blessed if or, uh, if I was not what I want to be. <laughs> I don't want to be meek. I don't want to be hungry. Maybe I kind of want to be merciful. Maybe. Um, I do want to be pure in heart. I kind of want to be a peacemaker. Maybe. But I sure don't want to be reviled and persecuted. But I'm blessed for all those things. So, I mean, that's a, a different way. If you're actually hearing words like that for the first time, it isn't understandable. I think sometimes... People consider the Sermon on the Mount as this is sort of a guide for how we should be living our Christian life. Certainly for the first people to hear it, this was no way to live life at all. And I think reality also is we can't live this life. We sure can't do it on our own. And if you're one of the first people to hear it, that's the only way you're thinking about it is living this life um, on my own. So, you know, I, you go on in here and Jesus is saying the opposite of what we've always been, we've been taught. And then he says, he's the authority. He literally says, but I say, you've heard it said of old, that you shall not murder, and those who murder are liable for judgment. But I say to you that everyone who is angry with his brother will be liable for judgment. And I mean, we've we've seen Jesus, uh, his miracles. We've seen him heal people, so we know he's at least a prophet. But now he's going against. It sounds like at least going against everything. So I think these would be radical words that Jesus gave uh, to start with. I mean, certainly now we look at these things and and we even today, if you read it on the surface, and, and Jesus is like, well, if you've ever been angry enough to kill anyone, you've already done it. <laughs> well, that being the case, what hope do I have? Because I have been that anger, angry and he, goes on to say, well, if you've ever lusted at a woman, well, you've already had, a, had sex with her. And you're like, well, uh, okay. So yeah, I've done that a bunch. Now what? So it's kind of a an, an odd thing uh, that you've heard all this. And if you really listened to all those and thought you had to do this on your own, you'd think there's no hope. There's no way. I'm not, I'm not going to do that. You know, and you, some of this you go on and he starts, obviously, uh, like what we've just read. He's obviously poking at the uh, Pharisees and those in charge at the temple for the practices they have. So maybe, maybe they're rebellious and like me. 
and sort of like to hear someone rag on the leaders and say, yeah, that's right. The man, I'm always held down by the man. But it could be the other way too. They could be thinking, whoa, wait a minute. What are you saying? You know, yeah, they're very righteous. So maybe there should be a trumpet played so we can see how the righteous people act and then we could do the same. So I don't, I guess I can't fully know. <laughs> I can't know how it would be perceived, but I think it would be perceived differently than how we perceive it just because of backgrounds we already have uh, that are so different. Oh, yeah. I think I would even perceive it a lot differently because it, it seems like a hard pill to swallow. And we think it's a hard pill to swallow now. But like you were saying, imagining if you were there hearing it for the first time, spending all these years thinking that what you were going by was, I guess, right. And then hearing Jesus' sermon for the first time, I don't, especially when we were talking about it earlier, to forgive others. As you've been forgiven, it's like, uh, man, I don't know if I can probably get up and walk away. I don't know. It's it's hard to, it is, it's hard to imagine. Well, and he's just like calling you out in front of everyone, but as a whole, that everyone isn't living right when you thought you were. And then he's telling you how you're supposed to be. And you're like, okay, yeah, that's a hard pill to swallow. And then turning it around and saying, you know, you need to be selfless. And this is how. And he gives you everything that you're supposed to do. And it's life-changing, you know? He's, he's telling you that the person that you are and the character that you're supposed to have, aren't, they're not equaling up. Right. So with all the Beatitudes, he's trying to teach you humility. He's trying to teach you sensitivity, meekness, obedience, compassion, holiness, reconciliation, commitment, and patience. And I don't know about you guys, but that's a lot of stuff that I know I don't have and yeah. the things that I need to work on for sure. You know, he's stripping you of your pride. He's having you be sensitive to God's ministry. He's having you response, be responsive to personal sinfulness and be tenderhearted towards other people, demonstrating self-control and submission with that meekness. That alone is hard. I know I've struggled with that. Desiring to hear and do the will of God, outworking of faith, and meeting the needs of others. You know, your whole lifestyle change. You got to be set apart from everyone else, including your thoughts and your actions. Instead of retaliation, you got to forgive everybody's wrong and restore those relationships. And then be steadfast, loyal, like the loyalty that can't be broken. And willfulness, will, sorry, willingness to endure suffering. I don't know... No. I don't know about you, but I am not willing to endure suffering. No, don't want it. No. And I think also about, you think about, they're hearing this in a crowd to start with. So how would you even react to a lot of this? Like you said, he's basically calling us out. 
So if you're first hearing this in a crowd with a bunch of other people and he's calling you out and people aren't people aren't regularly admitting right. that they're that angry that like they've they're ever pointing been fingers that angry. like right. that's you that's not me right right right, <laughs> right like oh i can't even you know i have to keep a straight face you know i can't let anyone know that i've actually been mm-hmm. that angry i must act like i've never lost it I've right lost. you're you like know? agreeing to the right? things you're not right but then the things that you are you're like real quiet <laughs> yeah you're like oh my wife's here no, oh, no God, i don't i me. don't that's not me honey no i don't <laughs> lust never so even your reaction with hearing that mm-hmm. is going to be checked when you're in public. It's less checked for us now because we've gotten more. But I say that there's certain sins, certain things that we'll talk about and, and we'll all be like, yes, you know, my pride must go and things like that. But there are other sins that, that people aren't still aren't not going to be comfortable to admit or to even talk about (laughs) and in reality there are sins that in our minds we still think that's not really forgivable is it i mean how can you be forgiven for that yeah Mm -hmm. well and i think as in human nature we tend to psych ourselves out of things that are that, that seem hard. Mm-hmm. So when we're going over all this and we're talking about how much of a struggle it is now, I can only imagine the struggle it was then. Right. And how much of a battle it was to change your whole perception and your whole character to follow Jesus. Right. Then. And really... Jesus' point through this Sermon on the Mount is still, you can't do it. You can't on your own do this. You need me. You need the Holy Spirit. You need that forgiveness to be able to do this. You can only do start doing this because I'm going to pour my love into you. Yeah. Can't do it on your own. With man, it's impossible, but in... In Christ, all things yeah. are possible, and that's that's the key, mm-hmm. is through him we're able to do it, and only through him we're able to do it. Mm-hmm. But that's all the time we have for today. I pray that uh, you guys join us next week as we continue this conversation on the Sermon of the Mount. And Father, thank you that you've given us this time, that we can read your word, that you've preserved your word, Lord, and that it's here for us. Lord, we pray that we've glorified you through this study today, and we pray that we've been changed by your love by reading through this, Lord. And we thank you that you've shown us what praying is. You've given us an example. Jesus was an example. Jesus prayed. He went off by himself and prayed, Lord, give us the patience. Give us the want to sit at your feet and hear from you daily, Lord. Keep us on the right path and help us be those generous givers, Lord. Help us trust that you will give us everything we need so that we will give to all of those we see that are in need. Thank you, Lord. We know that you love us and we pray that we can love you 
just as much. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.